Make sure to give my dad a five-star review. Get, make sure to like and subscribe to his YouTube. And thank you for listening and enjoy the show. show. <laughs> the seat is what you're protecting. Like, obviously, a person is associated with it. But I think we start getting in trouble once we elevate individuals above the seat. You know, whether that be a presidency, whether that be a governor, whether that be a congressman or senator, the seat is what's important because that seat will be there after they're gone and it was there before they even existed. So we got to continue to preserve that seat. And um, and that's why it's our job to vote. And uh, I mean, heck, there's an election to uh, in Virginia tomorrow, you know. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to tell anybody who to vote for. I'm not. I won't do that. I'm not going to endorse not nobody. But vote. Get out and vote. Do your thing. So you owe it to yourself. You owe it to this country. Hey, welcome back, faithful politics listeners and viewers. If you are watching on our YouTube channel, um, I am your political host, Will Wright, and your faithful host, uh, Pastor. Josh Bertram, unfortunately, is not um, here this week. He is out casting lots to determine who to vote for in the Virginia gubernatorial race. But sitting in a seat is um, a person that needs no introduction is Professor Karina Lane. Um, she is our returning champion, her fourth time, I think, on the show, on the guest. So welcome, Karina. It's great and, to be here. Such an and- honor. And um, our special guest for this week um, is another person that doesn't necessarily need any introduction. He is Capitol Police Officer Harry Dunn, joining us from wherever, from an undisclosed location in the I'm United in States. In <laughs> thanks, thanks, y'all. Thanks for having me on. And maybe I do need an introduction. I guess people, I mean, it depends on who you ask. Maybe I do need an introduction. People have already, like, formulated opinions about me. So maybe I do need an introduction. Yeah. So, so you know, like, if, if you want to use this podcast as your stepping stone to introduce yourself, feel free. You know, I mean, I can help I can help guide the conversation if it to help help you define who you are in the public sphere. Yeah, I mean, I'll start off easy, like Marvel or DC. How about that? <laughs> well, no, <it's, laughs> no, I, I, I'm just being silly. Like, I, you know, I. I use that as like a jab at the people who've already want to just make up their minds about things without even knowing a, a thing about me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Most people, you can say whatever you want to them and it doesn't matter. So I'm yeah. just, I just, that's just a fun little jab at them. Whatever. Yes. <laughs> Speak, speaking about jabs um, at people that make fun of you. So you've got a congressional football game coming up, right? Uh, Wednesday. It should be, it should be great. Um, it goes to the USCP uh, Memorial Fund, all the funds and the money raised for it. And uh, it's really a great, uh, great event. Um, you know, this is my fourth, fifth year playing in it. Mm-hmm. And we have some uh, some congressmen um, that they, they're real competitive on the field, like off the field, too. But they're uh-huh. definitely um, they're definitely uh, competitive off the, on the field, too. So, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's Wednesday. Um, let me see if I can find I'll, I'll get to the website or whatever. But people, can, you can donate to the uh, Capitol Police Memorial Fund on there. I'll get the website in a little bit. Very um, nice. So I have a question, too. Do go you ahead, play a particular position? Are you a linebacker? I'm a lineman. Can we I'm talk lineman. about that? That's the thing, though. That they, the, 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 the Congress people, they have uh, NFL alums with that play in there. Like, uh, you know, um, <laughs> former Washington football team greats uh, Santana Moss and Ken Harvey, and right. a lot of NFL guys play in it, so it, it should be a good time. <laughs> Wait a minute. So, like, do do the do the former NFL people play on your side or on the no, Congress? It's, like, it's, it's, it's the guards guards versus the mean machine. It's <laughs> 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 kind of like the longest yard. It's the concept about that, you know. <laughs> That's very great. nice very yes. nice yeah because because I, I i was wondering uh, i mean like you're you're pretty you're a pretty tall guy right yeah, like, i am six foot seven good grief uh, yeah. is there anybody taller than you in the capitol police that, yeah well this may be guy this may be my same height but yeah depends it depends on what you're using if you're using inches or you're using millimeters to measure <laughs> um i mean six foot seven yeah, that yeah, is yeah. substantial. Yeah, it, it, yes, it is. You drank a lot of milk as a kid. Please tell me that, because I'm going to tell my girls that. Yeah, there you go. But no, the um the website is uh, congressionalfootball.org. 
And uh, like I said, people can, you know, donate on there, buy tickets. If you're in the D.C. area, come to the game. It's at Aldi nice. Field. And I think um, after the year we've been through, this year is going to be a um, a little more special, uh, having lost coworkers that we work with daily. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it takes on a different meaning to uh, to do this in their honor and, you know, raise raise money for the, the memorial fund for the families of the fallen officers. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so I, I'm assuming um, you're – your height, your size, your stature probably makes you really, really good at your job. Um, and I, I'm curious on like how how did you how did you get Wait, the football job or the police job? <laughs> yes, yes, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, The you know we'll, we'll 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 focus on the police part for now, and then maybe we'll circle back or have you back on yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. to, to uh, talk about your your post victory um, after the uh, the game. But <laughs> well, we lost uh, last time, last game we lost, and I always joke, uh, Congressman Rodney Davis. Um, he loves to brag every time he sees us. He rubs it in our face with the trophy. But I just felt so bad. Like the, the it originated the first game was in two thousand four, and we weren't letting them win. So we said, "Hey guys, we might got to let them win one so they can, uh, so they can, they come keep coming back and playing against us." So we keep beating them like this. They ain't gonna want to play too much. And uh, Rodney Davis, the congressman, um, has been a huge trash talker. Like I can't wait to get out there and. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So, so, so how did, how did you get into law enforcement? Well, I've always, you know, it's funny. You, uh, you, when I was a child, you know, I think your first memories are you see a police car and it's cool, you know, come to career day and it's cool. Policeman, a firefighter. I like those jobs, you know, wow, that's so cool. I want to ride in a police car, you know, uh-huh. and I think as a child, it's kind of, piques your interest or whatever. And then, you know, as I start growing into the person that I am now, I, I was becoming him. I realized that, you know, I, I enjoy helping people um, and being a servant and just helping people uh, in any capacity that I could. And then mixed with my size, it's like, wow, I got, I got like a, I call it type A uh, personality with a type B heart, you know? You know, well, I like so, that. You know, so I like, uh, I just like helping people out, you know, but my stature, I guess, kind of helps it out a little bit. Um, but no, I, I enjoy, I enjoy helping people and um, being a public servant is, uh, is very meaningful to me. Does it take something like, so that's how you got into policing. Does it take it like, are there special qualifications? How does one become a capital police officer? I mean, that just sounds like a very special. Well, we're actually job. recruiting now. So if anybody's interested, go to USCP.gov. Um, no, I'm serious. I'm so serious. We are recruiting um, for uh, qualified individuals. Um, I do believe in, uh, you know, I if people complain a lot about law enforcement and politics and police and all this stuff and all this complaining. But um, now here's an, actually an opportunity to do something about it. So, you know, you, you really can't change. I think the best way to change something is from the inside, not from the outside. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, we are hiring. <laughs> so, uh, jobs, whatever the actual website is, but yes, Capital Police hiring. Um, but is there like a special qualification as opposed to general you know, the, the general officer on the beat or, or well, is it I'm, like, I'm no, not, I just applied to these people. Well, I'm not really sure. Cause I, I didn't, okay. I don't have a lot of experience with applying to other agencies, but I do gotcha. know that, um, we do, uh, we look for highly qualified individuals. Um, and I, I, I would assume, like I said, I'm not too familiar with how the recruiting goes and everything. I'm not too familiar, but I do know the people that I work with are, uh, top class, top notch individuals and uh, some of the best coworkers I've ever had in my life. So mm-hmm. I would have just assumed the standards are high. I don't know what they are, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm happy with the group of guys and girls that I work with. So, how long you been on the force? I start year fourteen in November. Wow, wow, that's so. So in in your in your fourteen years, um, um, you've probably seen some pretty um, crazy things and probably yeah, i mean I've, I've seen a lot of things you know um all, all ends of the spectrum i guess that's the best most accurate way to to put it because i've been involved in so many proud moments up there um so you know proud crazy sad 
it, all of them. It, it just I've been, I've enjoyed my time at Capitol Police. So. Mm. That's really that's really nice. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, are you um, are you a um, a person of faith? Yeah, I am a, a baptized believer, a Christian. Um, Jesus, uh, I am saved. So, I uh, I plan on going to heaven when this is all over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pray God sees it my way. But, you know. uh. <laughs> well done, good and faithful servant. Right? You know. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah, that, that'll preach. Real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you're so, fighting the good fight, definitely. I'm trying you have, to. You definitely yeah. have. Did yeah. You? So, thank oh, you. Go, 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 go. Oh, I was going to ask. So, uh, regarding your 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 faith, um, just to kind of uh, dive in a little bit about um, some of the stuff you've seen. Um, you know, so in, in particular, obviously January 6th still fresh in everybody's mind. Um, you know, um, I as a as a christian myself like one of the 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 things that i feel haven't really been covered a lot um or what's the word or criticized enough about are the the christian presence that was there on that day um or the perceived christian presence i should say so there was um there was a a video that I watched. Actually, there's a, a really great um, documentary on HBO that just came out, um, and and there was a scene where there was these people in the Senate chamber that were all praying in Jesus' name. I mean, to include like the the QAnon shaman dude with the horns mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of other people, and and I and I'm wondering like how, how like how do you, how do you reconcile like that image? you know, with your experience and compare it to what you know about Jesus and, and your faith. So I guess the simplest way to put it is either there are two different Christianities (laughs) or those people are full of crap. Um, Just (laughs) as simple as that, because there's no way that these people can practice Christianity the way I was taught it. Um, did you see those people throughout the day? Um, I'm not familiar with the uh, the praying that, you, that you're referring to, but I'm sure it exists. I uh, I haven't watched much footage. Um, a couple of things that comes up on like news clips and stuff like that, but um, I haven't like gone and sought out clips to watch from that day. I remember it, what I experienced, <clears throat> but um, but I just think it's asinine that like they people say, um you know, Christian, you know, God first, God country, God country and guns. I feel like it's just a, a slogan. I feel like it's a slogan, but Christianity is a lifestyle. And, you know, it's not just some words that you just, you know, it, it's crazy. You know, you, I, I just don't understand it. I, I think it's like, literally, it's a catchphrase, God and country, you know, I feel like just for what people say. And but they don't they don't live it. They just talk a good game because it's a catchphrase. It sounds good. Odd uh, country and guns. I mean that sounds great. When you think about it, that's a, that is good. <laughs> it's a good catchphrase. You know they capitalized on it. But um, to a person who is actually a Christian who believes in God and tries to model my life after Him, you know, obviously we all fall short. You know, but still it's like really yo, like wow. <laughs> pray for you. (laughs) Wow. It it is interesting to me that, um, you know, that, that Trump is like this hero of, you know, the, the Christian right, because I just look at that and just go, how does that even make sense? And, you know, like the, the, whatever the, the Bible, you know, as essentially, you know, just doing this PR stunt that he did. I just thought, uh, why are Christians not looking at this and going, that's not Christianity. Yeah, That's bad. And yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't really understand how somehow Christianity has been co-opted in this way, but it does feel like that to me, certainly. It feels like everything's available to be hijacked. And <laughs> is, you know, whether it's, whether it's, uh, 
Christianity on one end. I don't want to get, you know, go too, too far down a rabbit hole, but it just seems like everything's a talking point. Like now the police has been hijacked by political pundits on both sides. You know, that's just not the right. It's not just the left. Um, policing, uh, just you name anything, anything's available for, um, to be hijacked. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, yeah, so, you, you know, to, to that end, I, I, I'm curious, um, like, what, 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 what does the term Blue Lives Matter mean to you? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, Josh Bertram here, faithful host of the Faithful Politics Podcast. I want to let you know about a compelling new spinoff, the Faith Roundtable, where I'll be interviewing top faith leaders, theologians, and scholars to unpack the pressing issues that are shaping the church in America today. We'll dive into topics like faith and public life, social justice, and how we can engage our communities more effectively. Make sure you don't miss any of our enlightening conversations by subscribing to it on our YouTube channel. Join me at the Faith Roundtable, where deep discussion meets thoughtful insight. I think it's a um, it's a protest to Black Lives Matter. I think that's what it is. How I interesting! I just think uh, Blue Lives Matter is a protest to Black Lives Matter because the term, <clears throat> to my knowledge, I could be a hundred percent wrong. If I am, I apologize. But I I wasn't aware of Blue Lives Matter the term until Black Lives Matter came, was front and center, or All Lives Matter. Like those are just protests to somebody's protest. So I, that's like where counterpoints. Yeah, that's where that came from. It, it was meant to diminish the uh, the term "Black Lives Matter," in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, I've I heard this. I've heard the same thing, and I and I've always kind of thought, I've I've always thought the similar way about the Blue Lives Matter slogan in the sense of, um, I mean, of course, like like I'm not an enemy of the police. Like I have a lot of respect. I wanted to be a police officer, like when I was a little, little kid, and and um, um, and it's like you never heard the term "blue lives matter" until you heard the term "black lives matter," mm-hmm. and it was just to sort of put things in perspective. And you know, and w- w- one of one of the ironic things about the blue lives matter sort of movement, if you will, is you know, they, they disrespect the American flag by coloring it <laughs> like a different color. So like, you know, whatever. Uh, but, um, but, but, but I, I, I was really kind of interested in just kind of hearing your, your thoughts about it uh, as a, as a black police officer. <laughs> that, well, that, that, well, that's the thing. Like it's, it's, that's what I am. I am a police officer. So of course, well, you know, I, I hate, and I hate the nitpicking because words matter so much to me. So we say like blue lives matter, like like black people didn't choose to be black, like, but police officers chose to be blue. So, I mean, you know, I, I get it. So it's not, I, I hate to say like, it's not a blue life. I mean, it is because police officers were targets out there and, you know, we're, we're treated unfair. We get a bad rep. Um, and some of it's um, rightfully so, you know, there's a, there's work that needs to be done in the police community. Um, and police reform is one of the things that should happen. Um, but, but it's, it's like being caught between a rock and a hard place is, it's, it's tough. Like I said, but I originally believed that the blue lives matter phrase, um, is a protest to the black lives matter phrase, just the phrases because yeah, yeah, there's no comment. No non-common sense person would say that, no, the police lives do not matter. Yes, they absolutely matter. Um, nobody, And I, I, let me clear it, nobody with common sense. I'll say that again. Because <laughs> there are people that say that. And you know what? You ain't got no common sense. So it's not even mm. worth having a conversation with you about that. Um, but, I think, yeah. I think your understanding, <clears throat> I mean, like, this is really helpful for me. Um because the way you put it, like, this is just an answer. This is just a response. Helps me to understand um, a deep, like, irony and tension that I see from January 6th, which is you've got all these people like Blue Lives Matter, and they're beating the police. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. <laughs> I just like, I don't even understand how that 
how those two things can go together. Like I said, I feel like they're just talking points and they're a way to rile up people because people just pay attention to target words or whatever. Like people are probably saying I'm some Black Lives Matter activist. Well, wait, some people aren't saying it. Tucker Carlson did say that about me. <laughs> I'm some angry Black Lives Matter activist. Like mm-hmm. the violence and that Antifa and maybe some of the people associated with Black Lives Matter did, that's wrong. A hundred percent, I denounce it. It's not right. But mm-hmm. the actual term Black Lives Matter, why doesn't that make sense? Why doesn't, mm-hmm. why does anybody have a problem with that? Yeah. You know, why does anybody yeah. have a problem with that? Because people, it's not minimalizing, minimizing other other views, other lives. It's not minimizing. It's just saying, hey, I'm talking about mine right now. <laughs> so yeah. people like to make things about them all the time, you know? It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like somebody like, like t- just say, for example, today's your birthday. And everybody's mm-hmm. going to happy birthday, happy birthday. Hey, happy birthday, Will. You know, I'll be like, wait, 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 wait. My birthday was a week ago. What about me? <laughs> oh, chill. Like, we'll get to your birthday. Chill. Like, it's actually, it's just, it's, 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 it's crazy to me. But it's, like yeah. I said, common sense people, you, those are the conversations that they don't want to have, though. So. To that yeah. end, uh, you know, well, we, we focus on January 6th. Um, and of course, January 6th, sadly, is, you know, what made you famous, right? Like, that's your testimony in Congress, which I've watched, by the way, and, and was just phenomenal. But I'm wondering if there's a larger, like, degradation of society that you have seen over maybe even just the last four years. You know, how? I mean, is January, did January 6th come out of nowhere? Nowhere as in, you know... Um, in the fall and, 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 and early January, or is it something that you have seen building, um, you know, for quite some time, maybe even since 2016? I don't want to say, I don't want to sound hypocritical, you know, because, you know, it wasn't, you say the last four years, obviously those are associated with uh, the former president, but the years before that, like people, are starting to get more engaged and involved in in their government and holding their politicians accountable, which which, which they should do. Yeah, that's I a good thing. That. I encourage that with, you know, you hold them accountable, but storming the Capitol and beating people to get them to change an election is not the definition of holding them accountable. So I, I do believe, I, yeah, it's, it's a more prevalent movement, but I think if we were building to that point and you know and maybe we just attribute that to like evolution as a uh in technology or accessibility you know it's so easy to communicate with your congressman now or you know or for everybody to have an opinion and it's so easy for that now so maybe i attribute it to that and not 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 specifically one particular person or administration i don't think that's fair to them now, some people use it better and take advantage of it better, clearly. Um, but it, no, I don't attribute it to one particular thing. I just think it was, it's evolution. You know, it's an evolution. So That's helpful. Yeah. Thank you. Now, how many, um, um, so you've been on the force, you said 14 years. How many uh, electoral certifications have you worked or, you know, I guess been a part of? I- I guess I don't know all of them. Uh, <laughs> do the math. You're like, okay, four yeah, divided into four. Maybe, yeah. All of them since uh, I guess President Obama's first one, maybe. Yeah, is that right? Got it. And 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 to to the best of your recollection, no was no <laughs> no no. Yeah. It didn't no. You sound like me, like like nothing. But, but, like, no, can but come no, no. Something. But I know, yeah, there were, but people objected to other elections. People, uh, Democrats objected to. Um, some of the Trump ones that I, mm-hmm. that I, at least that I saw in the news. So that's not an uncommon practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, you don't have a group of supporters, you know, storm the Capitol if it doesn't go your way. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so um, to the best of your recollection, <laughs> I was, I was going to, I was going to ask actually, like, like was the, was January 5th the same for all of them that you can remember? No, it was that was just a weird day. I mean, it was a lot of people in town. Um, More people than usual. 
Yeah, especially because the government is shut down, you know, with, mm. you know, well, to an extent, I guess, whatever, you know, the pandemic or whatever. But yeah, there were a lot of people in town that day, um, big rallies at the Supreme Court and stuff like that. But it didn't give to me at the time any foreshadowing about what was in store for us. It was, uh, but it was still like an eerie feeling, but not mm. nothing to say, oh, shoot, I need to stay home tomorrow. No, nah, nothing like that, you know? Mm. Yeah. I'm a, um, uh, officer John, I'm a former prosecutor in mm-hmm. Richmond. And so I've worked with the police officers. Uh, I worked, I've worked for nearly four years with them. How far, how long ago? Uh, so this was from 1997 to 2001. Okay. I, I, I went to college with, uh, LeVar Stoney. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. How yeah. about that? That's great. Yeah. Um, I don't know LeVar, but yeah, yeah that's yeah. great. Well, Lamar, the mayor, was down with the mayor, I think, Richmond. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. No, you got that. I was just saying for the listeners who don't know, I guess. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. No, but, you know, some of those officers I still keep in contact with to this day. They're, um, they call them Henrico's 500 finest. <laughs> and, you know, from uh, some of them would say I like to me, I just, I just got a spidey sense, you know, it was like, almost like the hair on the back of my neck stood up figuratively, if not literally, I just, I couldn't explain it. You know, it wasn't like reasonable, articulable suspicion because I couldn't articulate it, but I just, I, you know, your job is in part, you know, feeling out and and understanding the vibe of people and Mm -hmm. what's going to happen and communicating with people. And they would say to me, like, I could just tell you something was off, something was wrong. Did you did you have that sense before it was like, oh crap, that's like it is clearly going wrong or, well, or... Not, really, not really because you know, people have been growing angrier and angrier over the years. So like I said, so and as at my job I've worked hundreds, if not thousands, of protests. And like I said, they could be as small as five people or two people, one person or one person, or as big as what we saw on January 6th and everything in between. So, you know, I've seen a lot of different protests, First Amendment protests where people are allowed to do and encouraged, you know, that's your right, do it. Um, But what is not allowed is what happened on, like I said, on January 6th. Um, But no, I didn't have that moment that just said, yo, something not right. I mean, it was weird. It's crazy, you know, but not like, hey, y'all, this, I, I think I need to go home or something. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. let's get out of here. N- nothing like that, but so. I got company. You see my dog coming in here? I is, know. I was like, oh, I see your friend. Is, is that an American <laughs> bulldog? Uh, she's a pit bull boxer <gasps> mix. <laughs> Looks Love pretty it. Wow. Yeah. What's Very her name? Nice. Frosty. 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 <laughs> Frosty looks at the camera like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. For for all the people that are just listening to the podcast, not watching the YouTube, this will make zero sense. But <laughs> sorry, okay. I can I can assure you there is a dog in the background. <laughs> of this video. You'd have to trust me on that one. Yeah, uh, if you saw Frosty. Frosty would make sense. Yes. <laughs> so, so uh, Officer Dunna, you know, so we 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 talked uh, a little bit about you know kind of what January fifth looked like, and you know, and the spidey sense um, that it didn't really, it, it didn't, nothing really kind of seemed out of place the day before. Um, and I, and well, we can get more into the meat and potatoes of, of the actual day of January 6th, but um, I'm, I'm curious about January 7th and what that was like, both for you and just, you know, a lot of your, your coworkers that, you know, had just come off a really long shift, a really crazy, emotional um day and i love for you to just to kind of describe for me like what like what was what was the morning like you know you get up out of bed if you even slept that night so you know i get i i can't it's no really deep answer to this it is simple as i was just going through the motions and like you don't even i got it was funny i was sitting there today and i was like where did I park on January 6th? I was just thinking that, and I don't mm-hmm. even remember. And then the six yeah. time at the eight, I, I do not remember just something as simple as where did I park? Like it was literally going through the motions. I don't, you know, it was, 
you know, thank God, like I said, we had a fence up. We had the National Guard support. We had a lot of other uh, mutual support from uh, other law enforcement, the law enforcement community. And um, thank God they were there because, like, it literally was going through the motions that day. And, um, I, I, you know, Lord forbid we would have had to take, you know, police action right after, you know, but... Well, myself, I can't speak for my other coworkers. The people process and experience grief differently. Um, but I just think I was just so shocked. I couldn't believe where we were and what had happened. We're still trying to process it all. Uh-huh. So, like, you know, but I knew I had to be at work for the guys next to me. You know, they were going to be there, and that's what it's that's what it's about. You're you're fighting for obviously your country, and you know your community that you work in, but, uh, but your coworkers, you know, we all need to support that day. And I think that we found it at work with each other. So. Um, there's one thing I, I, I watched your testimony, um, before Congress about January 6th. And I have to say it broke my heart. You know, a lot of that stuff. I mean, I saw, you know, I, I saw what people were capturing, but, you know, I didn't know what any, you know, one individual police officer or, or any group of police officers was going through. I didn't know about the racial epaulets. I, I, it's not like that's shocking to me, but, you know, to hear your testimony, it literally, it almost brought me to tears. I mean, it broke my heart. And so one of the things, you know, going into this, I was like, I just want to say to you on behalf of like, I don't know, on behalf of myself and and other white people who are not like racist, terrible, angry people. I'm so sorry that happened to you. I'm I so appreciate, I appreciate you acknowledging that, but you know, I, I'm so sorry that you know. happened to you. Like that is so unacceptable. That is so terrible. It's like the worst underbelly of what this country is. And I, I have to believe we're not just that. But golly, you know, yeah, you so were no, just... So I, I, appreciate, I appreciate you saying that. I also want to make it clear that it's not, I think, your your responsibility to apologize on behalf of white people. Like, I, that's, that's silly to me um, because, I, I mean, it, I... It's I, in my heart. Like, this is just no, in my heart. I wasn't I there, I promise. No, 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 you no, know? no, I understand. I'm just saying, I'm just saying there's so many, like, don't. Don't even associate yourself with people like that. Yeah. Like those people, like yeah. white or black, it doesn't matter. You don't know. You don't have to apologize on their behalf. Like it's screw them. I'm just ashamed. Yeah, yeah. I'm ashamed but, for our but country. But that's the thing. We're we're all Americans, so we all should be feeling <laughs> some type of way, and we all should be feeling that that was an attack on America. Like it wasn't just yeah. an attack on black yeah. people. It wasn't an attack on white people. It was attack on police. It was an attack on democracy that favors us all. You know, <laughs> some people more in different election cycles, but it favored democracy favors all of us. So don't associate yourself with those people. Don't their behalf. But I appreciate you acknowledging <laughs> that, that. But um I just hate the ugliness. There yeah, I like yeah. And like I said, that was that was my story. If you talk, there were so many yeah. other officers that like, I was just a, a small cog that day. You know, I'm sure I got a big voice now, I guess, but I my hats off to all my coworkers. Those guys are like I work with some heroes. You know, yeah, not just me at all. I um, can only imagine. If you ask a hundred different people what they went through that day, you'll get a hundred different stories. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Maybe 101. <laughs> you ask 100 different people, you'll get 101 different stories. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question that I think a lot of people don't understand. Can I just, it, this yeah, is a yeah, logistical yeah. question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand. I think other people don't understand. Like, why didn't the National Guard, like, what's the story with the National Guard? Like, why that's didn't they come? Being, so that's something that's being worked out in, in the committees and the hearings and the, um, that's way above my pay grade. Um, Sure, as an as a citizen, you don't I necessarily an, know. I have an opinion about it as a citizen, but um, but yeah, that's something that they're working on now. You know, there's been reports and talks, but I'll okay. let that play out in the way the investigators are handling that. So yeah, now now officer done. So so <clears throat> one of the things that you mentioned in your testimony was you know uh, uh, about sort of the racist um, slurs mm-hmm. and what have you 
you know, <clears> that <throat> you were, you were called, um, kind of during the riots. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, um, so as a black person myself, like, like, I feel like every black person in the country has been called a racial slur at one point in time or another, mm-hmm. like, and, and, uh, we, we've all kind of, we all process it differently based on a number of different factors. Like, okay, like, am I in an area where if I punch this guy, like, <laughs> like I'm going to get in trouble yeah. <laughs> Are my kids with me, you know, yeah, like, yeah. uh, and, and I'm curious on like, how, how did, how did you, how did you kind of rationalize, you know, or process, you know, N words or what have you, you know, That's being the thing, like, so, you know, I, like, I don't think January 6th, like, I don't want to make January 6th about race. There were a lot of racist people there, but let's be clear on what it was. It was an attack on our democracy, not just an yeah. attack on Black people, you know? Yeah. Let's, let's be clear on what it was. There were just a whole bunch of racist people there. I don't want, you know, because, you know, as soon as you start talking about race, oh, here come the race card. Like, you know, so let's <laughs> let's stay on, let's stay on topic here about how bad it was for democracy and how bad it could have been for democracy and the attack that it was. But, um as I was called those things, as several of my other coworkers were, as they shared with me um, after the days afterwards, um, it, uh, I didn't process it as a, as a racial attack. I said that day I was just trying to survive and go home. Like I wasn't acknowledged what they said. They said a lot of bad stuff. They called us traitors and we're, you know, we're treasonous. We're um, breaking our oath to the constitution and like all, all this, they said a lot of bad stuff to us. Um, but it, you know, but as, you know, obviously racial slurs, they hurt more. Those words are like meant to <clears throat> cut you deep. That's what they're meant for. Like it's, yeah. and, and it, it did afterwards, you know, once you be able to process it, but in that moment, I was just trying to get home, man. So now, now wh- where, where were you? Um, I guess. Everywhere. I, <laughs> I, I'm serious. I covered a lot of ground that day. Got your yeah, steps in. Everywhere, wherever. Like I joked about, like I guess I was wherever there was a fire, I was there trying to put that fire out. You know, <laughs> and that's where we responded. Everybody was just everywhere. Like there was so many, just stories of just you know heroism and you know just courage that day from people's names you'll never know. You know, it just it's these co- my coworkers and you know they they're really brave, man. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you, know. you said something with. Um, um, Adam Kenzinger that I, I, I'd like for you to, to repeat, um, with regards to, um, um, why you didn't shoot. Um, and, uh, cause that's, that's a question I hear a lot. Like, okay, if you're under attack, why wasn't there, you know, more gunfire or, or what have you. And if I recall correctly, like you, you had an M4 or an AR, I don't, I'm not exactly what, 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 you yeah, yeah. um, but, um, but I'd, I'd love for you to just kind of maybe explain, you know, maybe a little bit about, you don't necessarily have to kind of talk in detail about the rules of engagement. No, but I understand. I'm sure. I understand. So, you know, at, you got to be real, like just shooting. Obviously there, there are multiple layers to this. Um, and like I said, you have literally milliseconds to make that decision. However, with January 6th, it was hours. I mean, who you know, who has hours to process whether you shoot and whether, you know, another officer who may have been encountered with a shoot, don't shoot um, dilemma, he just has a millisecond to decide. We had like minutes, we had hours and hours to decide because it went on forever. Um, and specifically for me, like, you know, obviously the tactical side of it, you know, you don't want to engage in a firefight with tens of thousands of people that you don't know what they got on them. And that goes, and what, and, and you don't know what they got on them. That goes to my second point. You just, my experience, I'm not going to shoot somebody because I think they may be armed. Like it's just way police, we react to things. We react. And, you know, and if you, somebody says my, my life was in danger, but by who? I mean, there were tens of thousands of people. So, like, do you just randomly select one person to shoot? I mean, do you shoot all of them? Like, I just feel like it. It's not just as simple and cut and dry as just shoot. I, I, to me, it wasn't like there. It wasn't like it was one or two people in my face. I mean, you got dozens and dozens of people in your face. So, like, which one do you shoot if they're all being aggressive? So, I mean, 
you know, obviously there's a the tactical side to it too, but you know, it's even legally, like think about this, like what I shot them cause they were yelling at me and stuff like that. Like me, I was fortunate. I mean, I was fortunate. I did not get physically assaulted. I didn't well, to an extent, but nothing to the point that would cause me to pull out my gun and shoot somebody. No. Um, but you have to consider all the facts and, you know, you have to go through the use of force continuum in your mind and be able to articulate why you use the level of force that you used. And at that moment, I wasn't able to do that. So I didn't. So, yeah. I'm wondering how optimistic are you officer done that something like this won't happen again? Like not very, the fact, does the fact that January 6th happened make you say, all right, we're ready next time. Like we wouldn't have even thought that people would do this, but now we know they might. So now we're, you know, now we're, we're more mentally prepared than we would have been. Or is it like, no, I like, this is still should well, never, no, I mean, ever happen. Yeah. So my thoughts on that is just, <laughs> I don't know. Like I view that, as January 6th says, the domestic terrorist attack. Yeah, um, for they, sure. Like I said, that's what I view it as. And, Me too. you know, if you look at terrorism and over the years, the things that we've learned about terrorists is they don't like to fail. They do not like to fail. So they'll come back and time means nothing to them. Um, so, yeah, maybe like in policing, you always say not if, but when, you know, like it's that's what a lot of people say in policing. So, yeah, I mean, could it happen again? Sure, do I want it to happen? Hell no. Um, but it's a possibility, sure. And I think January 6th showed us that, yeah, it's a possibility. Mm. So. Wow. Now, now um, when, it, when I was in Iraq, um, I came back and I had a whole bunch of triggers. Um, such, I mean, it was, it was, it was as benign as a cardboard box on sitting on the side of the road to driving under underpasses. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm curious if, if you've got any triggers, you know, based on that day, you know, e- even, even if it's as little as, you know, as like seeing like a red hat, you know, and, and if you don't want to answer it just because you don't want to put your stuff out there, you know, like it's, it's no, okay. No, for I, understand, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I haven't, like, I like to control my emotions and my feelings based on how I want to do it. I'm not trying to, and I'm in therapy now to help mm-hmm. me, you know, be able to process my emotions. Everybody's gets bothered in some case by things people do. But in this particular time, like I said, I, I learned how to handle and manage my emotions so sure, like, yeah. it, one other thing that I've learned how to do is stop letting what people say affect me. Like, <laughs> I'm still learning day by day, but I mean, you can't respond to everybody. I want to, but yeah, whatever, I'm good. Yeah. Well, you're a household name now, you know, it's like for good and bad, probably, you know, Tucker Carlson, like I would never want him to mention my name, um, <laughs> but you know, you got other people. No, 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 I understand that, but, but, but as a thing, like, maybe you can reach somebody and maybe yeah. somebody will want to talk yeah. to you, not about you, you know, yeah. like, I feel like that was one of the biggest things that's like, these guys want to talk about you, but they don't want to talk to you. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, like I'm able to articulate my points of view, I'm able to, and then if I don't understand something, I'm willing to listen and learn. And then if I was wrong, guess what? I'll do this crazy thing called Sam Sorry. Like, mm. It's crazy out in this world, man. Not familiar with it. Not familiar with it. it. <laughs> How do you it's do it? How do you apologize? Bad. Say real, it's real hard. Okay. Real hard. Mm-hmm. I do believe as, as people. Sorry, you know. I, I do believe that, like, God takes these terrible things and, and brings something beautiful of them. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that there will be conversations, um, that there will be good that comes out of this really, you know, ugly and dark chapter. Yeah. Yeah. That's like job well done, you know? Yeah. So I, I you know, I, I, like you said, I, I hope so too. Um, because like I said, it, people, 
doing well, it just doesn't benefit me, doesn't benefit you. It benefits all of us. Like I said, democracy democracy benefits everybody. Like, you know, whether your party won or didn't win, every, things benefit everybody. So we need to preserve that. Like I said, one election that you didn't win, that the person you voted for didn't win, you know what, maybe it'll be your turn next turn. Mm-hmm. You know, but we just got to keep on preserving that. We can't put that at risk. Yeah, if if you could gather all of the writers, uh, all the people that were there on that day into a room, and I ain't there yet. And, I ain't gonna say I ain't there yet. Like I said, I, I'm working towards healing, whatever. <laughs> but at this moment, nah, bro. Okay, Not uh, nah. <laughs> I'll, I'll rewind. What well, if you could record a message that you know would be played for all of the people that were there that day? Like, what what would you say to them? Watch y'all hurt us. Hmm. Watch y'all hurt us. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's powerful. The uh, watch y'all hurt us. Is. <laughs> you, hurt us you hurt us. Why did you do that? You know, relatedly, um, I wonder too. Like you've 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 testified before Congress. You've been now on Will's podcast, so like that's everything. Obviously, I I was gonna say you've talked to some other people that might be important, almost as important as Will. But you know what? You know what's the message? Like, I mean, it's a riff off of your question, Will. But like, is there something that you, you know, what what hasn't been said that you, you know? that you want more attention on? What should we be talking about that we're not? Uh, given all the people I think are every, a message. I think that everything is being talked about, but I think what's important is to keep talking about it. Because like I said, you, the same thing, like I've got to go off topic real quick, but the whole thing, the stigma about mental health, like, yeah, there's nothing more that people can say about it. You just got to say it more. Um, oh, nice. That's the thing. You just got to keep on stomping that negative stigma out until it's until it's acceptable to say, hey, I'm not all right. So, yeah, that's the thing about with me and January 6th. You keep on, yo, this wasn't okay. January 6th is not okay. January 6th is not okay. Hey, yeah. no, January 6th is not okay. Because some people still think it is okay. So you got to keep on talking and keep on, keep on, keep on pushing, 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 pushing. And until enough people not agree with you, but are able to to see that, you know what? I mean, that's right. Like, see it for themselves. I don't want you to just be- take my word for it. Experience it, you know? Because what's this? I just told you something. I want you to be able to prove and factually believe. I, don't take my word for it. Like, yeah. but, but if you like, don't take my word for how bad January six was. Don't. But look at the tape, and you tell me that it wasn't that bad then. So I have <laughs> to tell you, I'm an empath. And I've watched the HBO thing. This stuff is so painful. I cannot imagine living through it. I cannot imagine. I watch it and go, oh my God. You know, like I, I, it, it is like, it's like unacceptable is not the word. It's just like unreal. It's so terrible. I can't imagine living through it. I really, really can't. And um, I do just say, boy, you know, we are all broken and, you know, like you bear scars that we can't because we weren't there. And well, um, see now I'm going to stop you right there because you do bear the scars. We just got the physical ones. Yeah. You know, yeah. everybody, every, I'm telling you, that was an attack on America that day. If you traumatize, yeah. it's your trauma's real. Your trauma's real. We were just there. We caught the physical brunt of it, but your trauma is real. Like everybody's trauma them that day is real because I mean we're a couple key moments from living in a totally different America than we yeah. are. You know? Yeah, mm. for real. What do you what do you think about uh people who are now like, oh, they were peaceful protests? I, like I got, I, I got nothing for them. I I'm not even giving them any energy. Because if like, I I'll never see eye to eye with somebody who can watch that. Like yeah. that's literally just arguing like red or blue or, or is that, is that black or blue or is that green or orange? Like is the earth round yeah, or like, is it, it flat? Like what, if you're telling me the earth's flat, then we, I, there's yeah. nothing we can really talk about. Like I, I got nothing to say to you. Like, okay. Like, that's fair. It's yeah. not going anywhere. 
Yeah. So, wow. It would be infuriating. I mean, it is, it is infuriating to me. Um, no, and I do feel it, like we it used to be, but you just water off a duck's back. Just uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Officer Dunn, I have I have one last question, um, and then I will let you go because you've already been kind enough um, to uh, to give us some of your time. Um, I appreciate y'all having me on. Thank yeah, you. It's, right. Yeah, it's it's, it been, it's been an honor. So, so my my last question for you is is wh- where is the least patrolled place in DC so I can find a place to park? <laughs> That's true. I tell you what, I tell you what, man, it's the the parking meter, like the people in DC, they, um, the police aren't even safe, man. They get police tickets. I'm telling you, like, there's a, the parking enforcement in DC is cutthroat, ruthless, man. I'm telling you. I mean, if you put, if you, like, literally, if you even think about parking somewhere, a, a ticket will, like, start to appear on your car. Materialize. You about it, once you stop thinking about it, it'll, like, disappear. Uh, you're going to start thinking, like, oh, don't you do it. Like, <laughs> that's crazy, man. I tell you. That's great. Well, I, I was just thinking, like, you know, th- there had to have been at least a couple million dollars worth of parking tickets on January 6th, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, that money <laughs> needs to go out of the treasury and into, like, right. your guys's like fun to, to help you all out you know and we should yeah, we should start petitioning our congress members to to make that happen so um, i always encourage petitioning your congress members for like i said not not necessarily that but just anything it's our job it's our civic duty um to be engaged with our elected officials um no matter who they are no matter what yeah. side of the aisle they sit on it's your civic duty to be engaged with them um because if you're not, that kind of like gives you the, um, it, it takes away your power to complain about something. Yeah. What did you do to try to make a difference? That'll preach. Well, thank you so much, Officer Dunn. You've been uh, terrific. We just want to uh, let you know that you're you're a friend of the pod for sure. Uh, we We support you. Um, we think your life matters. We think all of the Capitol Police officers' lives matter, and we want to support you anywhere we can. So if we can't, if we can reach out and and put that message out there, uh, we'll 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 do it any way possible. So thank, thank you. So I much. appreciate that. And, and I just want to say it was my distinct pleasure and honor to be part of this. This is my very first uh, co-hosted podcast. <laughs> well, um, so like, I will never forget you, like ever. And that was true before, but you know, now. I appreciate it. You did fantastic. (laughs) You heard it here. It was really fun. It was really an honor. Listen, thank you for every single thing that you do. Thank you. you. Thank you for your service. And I I know that's not easy. And, you know, um, you you serve and protect even those that, that, um, you know, that don't appreciate it. And yeah. so I just, I do want to say that. Thank you for everything that you've given to this country. Thank, Thank you. For your and, time and just, just wanted to know, I feel like I could just talk forever. But the last <laughs> thing when it goes to that, like the, you said, serve and protect the people that don't necessarily appreciate it. Um, my response to that is I, the seat is what you're protecting. Like obviously a person is associated with it, but I think we start getting in trouble once we elevate individuals above the seat. You know, whether that be a presidency, whether that be a governor, whether that be a congressman, a senator, the seat is what's important, important because that seat will be there after they're gone. And it was there before they even existed. So, amen. we got to continue to preserve that seat. And um, and that's why it's our job to vote. And uh, I mean, heck, there's an election to uh, in Virginia tomorrow. I was going to say. You know, nice timing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to tell anybody who to vote for. I'm not, I won't do that. I'm not going to endorse not nobody, but vote. Get out yeah. and vote. Do your thing. Yeah. So yeah. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to this country. You heard, yeah. you heard it here first. Make sure you guys vote. And uh, thank you again, Officer Dunn, for everything. Thanks, y'all. Thank yeah. you, Officer Dunn. Yeah. Yeah.